0: On, On News Talk. With Avant Money. Money when you need it. With Avant Money credit cards. Avant Card DAC trading as Avant Money is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. TV on the radio. Hey, how are you doing? Bazinga. Well, I didn't expect a kind of Spanish Inquisition. One for everybody in the audience. It's going to be legendary. Hi, hi. just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. Oh, me, vanilla buttercream, strawberry, red It was an accident. No, it wasn't. Oh, what a spiteful thing to do. Spiteful? I've sat here all afternoon having to put up with your digs so you say I'm spiteful. You have always been a petty woman, Pauline Powell, a Petty and a terrible cook. Ruining my cake. Envy is one of the seven deadly sins. And so is vanity. I ain't been. Chasing that Dr. Leroy around the square, going on about your imaginary aches and pains. Is there anything more to come out of that bitter, mean mouth of yours? The only thing I have to say to you is this. I think we can safely say that we have come to the end of our friendship. There you go, uh, that's June Brown there playing the uh, legendary Dot Cotton as you've been hearing on the news bulletins there uh, she uh, her uh, death has just been announced uh, funny enough, even though she was kind of a TV icon and all the rest of it uh, her accent at least has something of a link between uh, uh, <laughs> with the first show <laughs> James Dempsey is "Well, this has a link with uh, the first show we're going to talk about uh, which is Moon Knight, let's hope this clip show demonstrates that accent Stephen
1: Stephen I could save us
0: but I can't have you fighting me this time. You need to give me control. You understand? What, control of what? What are you talking about? That thing's about to break through the door. We're out of time. All right. Hey, listen to me. Listen, look at me. Look at me. This is real. I'm real. No, You're not real. Yes. Steven, you gotta give me control. It's the only way. You're not gonna die. Let me save us. There you go. That's a clip from Moon Knight. Uh, new episodes are dropping every Wednesday on Disney Plus. James Dempsey uh, joins us once again. I suppose is that clip? It was mostly Oscar Isaac, kind of with his normal accent. But what did you make of his English accent? That he well, does in now this?
1: that now that you liken it to June Brown, and <laughs> I could see him having gone to the June Brown School of Phonetics and Phonology for that one. Because well, I
0: must <laughs> say, I, when I when I, I did watch this episode, and I thought he's Ricky Gervais. He's he's copying Ricky Gervais, and then I read subsequently that he'd base it on. I forget the guy's name, but you know that kind of miserable guy that Ricky Gervais championed, and they would send him off to do. Oh yes, uh, yes, yeah,
1: the, uh, an idiot abroad, or whatever. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah.
0: apparently that he bases accent on. on I that want to guy. say
1: Carl Pilkington but I don't. know That if that's sounds right. about right. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so on Moon Knight, accents aside, uh, for me. It wasn't it wasn't a knockout of the park for me. So, like, imagine, right, when I was young, I loved kind of, I loved all the Marvel superheroes. And as I got older, I mostly have liked all of the Marvel superheroes. And I'm not, I haven't really previously been someone who has been thinking, I've had such fatigue of this. You know, I've mm. enjoyed the MCU. I've enjoyed the big blockbuster spectacle of it, by and large. But even I actually, as you know, it's beginning to wear away at me, you know, that we have so much of this superhero stuff going on. And there's more coming down the pipeline. Like just this year, you know, we're going to have Miss Marvel. We're going to have She-Hulk at some point. We have Secret Invasion. We have about 12 other versions of of this storyline, quote unquote, coming down the pipeline. And barring some very interesting accent work. Yes. <laughs> right? You know, I was sort of thinking about this how like it's like getting COVID now. If you're a star you just eventually get an MCU show at yes, some point. Yes, you do. Right? Yeah. And so this one stars Oscar Isaac where he plays uh, a, a sort of mild-mannered man named Stephen Grant who works in I guess we're going to call not the British Museum but like the Egyptian Museum of made-up London. Yeah. And he works in the gift shop and when we meet him he's this very meek but nice guy. Uh, he has woken up in his apartment the likes of which you've never seen on British TV before <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, and can only exist in a sound stage and someone's imagination. And he's literally chained to his bed which is surrounded by sand because he is doing all of this uh, sleepwalking and waking up in place odd places and so on and so forth. And over the course of the episode I mean it really is in some regards like a tour de force from Oscar Isaac because it's almost like a single-hander. Now there are other characters in it but for huge lengths of the running time of about an hour it's almost in by himself yeah, sort of yeah. just walking around or talking into a phone or mumbling or doing all this kind of thing and he's a very charming actor he's very likeable he's very good and he can carry it but I have to admit by the end of this first episode Moon Knight you know uh, I, I don't think I'm some sort of Marvel um, anorak but I, I have a kind of better than superficial understanding of the lore and and, and maybe some of the characters that you've never heard of. I'd never heard of Moon Knight before, like, this was sort of announced. And at the end of the first episode, do I have any idea who Moon Knight is? Not really, mm. because, you know, I don't want to go into what happens because I think a lot of it would amount to maybe spoiler territory. But ultimately, you know, there's only six episodes in this run of, of Moon Knight. By the end of this first one, I don't know who the character is. I don't know what his superpowers are. I don't really know what his raison d'etre is, apart from just being a bit weird and kooky and strange. Now, they did this unusual sleight of hand bit where you don't know if stuff is a dream. I mean, I think we could assume it isn't a dream. But uh, as a viewer, you're watching it and and various things are going on and action set pieces are sort of um, alluded to. And that's kind of funny and interesting But I still don't know, right? Like, if ever there was a time where I needed a second episode to come out with this, it was with this show. Because, you know, having watched the first one, I can't tell, it it was neither good, it was neither bad, but it wasn't interesting and it didn't grab my attention. And there's a a lot of competition out there. I mean, I listed out all the other ones that are coming down the Disney... Plus pipeline, but there's ones on other channels as well. I mean, there's there's Peacemaker with mm. John Cena, which is on uh, Sky Atlantic or what? Well, what Sky anyway? Whatever channel it's on there. That's a DC superhero. There's you know all the um, all the original Netflix Marvel superheroes have emigrated to uh, to um, Disney Plus at yeah. this point because they've got ownership back of it. Yeah, I am a bit tired. I have to admit, even and, I am a bit tired. I, I,
0: this really, because it's only six episodes and it feels like these six episodes is just an origin story because they're going to pop because it's Oscar Isaac so they're going to pop him into some into some Marvel movie You would assume
1: and and I think like you know uh, a very good friend of mine Leon we both would go to see like MCU movies together so we were I was texting him about it and talking did he like it and he was asking me like oh you know does it make overt references to the MCU the Marvel Cinematic Universe and it doesn't Mm. so I think you know if I had to put my if I had to put money on it I would bet that when eventually we get you know Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness which is going to bring Bring in Wanda uh, having, you know, gone to the end of WandaVision. uh, That's going to bring in all these other pocket dimensions and, and, you know, co-dimensions where basically literally anything could happen. And eventually we're going to have a brand new Marvel take on the X-Men. We're going to have a brand new Marvel take on probably a a relaunched version of the Avengers at some point. There'll be Avengers 2.0. There'll just be a lot of this. And... I think the slight case for me now of diminishing returns, even when it is original and like, if we look at, you know, the Disney Plus small screen versions, right? I really liked WandaVision because it was strange and different and yeah. unusual. And it took these big creative risks. And it, you know, didn't quite stick the landing for me, but I enjoyed it as a whole. Then, you know, I thought like Winter Soldier and The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the most boring thing <laughs> ever. <laughs> I can't even remember who the villain was or what her, what she was up to then I actually did quite like Hawkeye because it was this good Christmas tale yeah, and it yeah. had good fun and good chemistry between its lead and this to me again is a step back so it's sort of like you know it's it's a little bit of progress and a little bit of uh, mm. you know sliding back and yeah I mean look don't get me wrong I've I only seen the one episode like everyone else maybe it's going to dr- dr- drastically improve and really capture my attention but it hasn't yet put it that way and as I said there's plenty of competition out there
0: yeah it's just hard to take any of it seriously with (laughs) Carl (laughs) Pilkington being the hero Uh, right Uh, our next show is Slow Horses new episodes every Friday on Apple TV plus here's a clip you thumped did you find anything I don't know what I'm looking for the remnants of a once promising career you're going to do this every day, then? Oh, if I didn't make the sight of you, I'd come to your home and do it at the weekends, too. I am surrounded by f***-ups in this building, but you are the gold standard of f***-ups. By all rights, you shouldn't even be here. You should have skipped this purgatory and gone straight to hell, Now you down for glue. But you avoided that because your name is Carvage. So when you wonder why I have you going through the rubbish of a disgraced right-wing journal wonder no more. It's because I don't like you. And I want you to quit. Right, now this is... Uh spy stuff it's based on a series of novels it is
1: yeah it's based on a series of novels called The Jackson Lamb or The Slough House series written by a guy named Mick Herron I think there's like nine or twelve there's like a lot of them anyway and the first one is Slow Horses and uh, this is that right and it stars it's a bit like it's a little bit I mean, it's nothing in tone like or storyline, but it's a bit production-wise like The Gilded Age, right? So when The Gilded Age was being made by HBO, it was during the pandemic downtime and they were able to get all of these amazing Broadway stars to star in that. And this is full to the brim of West End actors. So we heard Gary Oldman there who admittedly is not a West End actor but this is his first ever sort of regular series uh, you know, appearance mm. in, in a regular streaming TV show quote unquote. And across from him was Jack Lowden who people would know as a kind of Mr. Sir (laughs) Ronan and he's also in Mary Queen of Scots but I don't want to you know uh, he's a very skilled actor in his own right and he won a Laurence Olivier Award previously so he's a stage star as well and he plays this young spy named River Cartwright who at the very beginning is involved in this uh, you know mission that all goes completely uh, Pear shaped. And he therefore gets relegated to Slough House. Slough is sort of the, un- you know, Slough is where the office was set. So it's our, it's our unofficial our, sponsor yes. of, the, of the day. And um, Slough House is where the washed up failures go to serve out their days miserably, you know, doing very, very boring spy work, uh, checking, you know, checking references and looking up vetting and so on and so forth. And everyone in this Slough House is miserable especially uh, uh, more than anyone else, you have Gary Oldman as Jackson Lamb, who is, uh, in what we've seen in the two episodes, at some point was was stationed in Berlin and something went wrong and now he is relegated here and he, this sort of scorn pours down through the entire office. And it looks like, I mean, it, <laughs> it looks like a miserable house, you know, where civil servants might w- wash up. <laughs> and this is a very like a very well-crafted, well-acted, good spy drama. And of the first two episodes, you know, it's unlike uh, Moon Knight insofar as it has very much tempted me to want to watch more and see what's going on. There's an overarching story involving... River and his grandfather, who's played by Jonathan Price, who is also a retired spy. You then have a separate plot involving Christian uh, Scott Thomas, who plays Diana Taverner. great cast. Well, here's the thing. Apple has all the money, right? Mm. And like, you know, if you'd asked me a year ago, is Apple TV worth uh, paying the money for? I'd have probably said no. But it has had a very stellar rise in the last year. Boyd On, certainly by Ted Lasso, which Lasso, which a lot of people like more than I do. I think it's grand, mm. right? But it's pleasant, an easy watch. But, it, you know, obviously it had Coda win the best picture. And then it has had Severance come out this year, which has been really, really, really good. I reviewed it a couple of weeks ago. Well worth watching if you haven't seen it. And Pachinko, which I haven't started yet, but I think has been very well reviewed. And more things coming down the pipeline. And it has deep pockets, right? So it is able to attract amazing talent, and pay them loads of money <laughs> okay. and keep them happy. And they sign up for multi-seasons. So this has already had a second season greenlit, but it has made a very confident debut. And if you like, you know, so it's a bit like an up- I saw a review of the book said they're a bit like an updated John le Carré, right? And Gary Oldman has previously played George Smiley. so yeah. So this is sort of him updating that character to a modern kind of grumpy spy. And he does it very, very well
0: yeah okay great Mm. Apple TV have plenty of money you say Uh, TV on the radio and Apple TV Uh, right Uh, uh, our final show Bridgerton all episodes of season 2 now streaming on Netflix here's a clip I can hear you
1: pardon me my lord
0: I never got your name
1: I was wondering if we'd meet again so you might discern if my wit is acceptable my manner's genteel
0: But you were eavesdropping.
1: It was hardly an effort, seeing as you were proclaiming your many requirements for a wife, loud enough for the entire party to hear. You
0: take issue with my requirements?
1: I take issue with any man who views women merely as chattels and breeding stock. None of that was meant for you. Viscount Bridgerton, yes. When you manage to find this paragon of virtue, whatever makes you think she will accept your suit? Are the young ladies of London truly so easily won by a pleasing smile and absolutely nothing more? So you find my smile pleasing? I find your opinion of yourself entirely too high. Your
0: character is as deficient as your horsemanship. I shall bid you good night. Okay. Uh sounds very Bridgettiny, <laughs> yeah. uh, that kind of scene. Yeah, and it,
1: well, I have to admit, Bridgeton probably isn't made for me, right? Like uh but I found this second season quite dull right so the first season was you know it kind of came out of nowhere unless you knew unless you had read Julia Quinn I think that's her name uh, Julia Quinn's many novels about the Bridgertons which are these bodice ripping Regency tales of bodice ripping and romance and marriage Uh, I don't think you'd ever heard of Bridgerton most likely or certainly I hadn't before Mm. it suddenly came on and then it was this huge huge hit for Netflix everyone watching it and a big big uh, like career boost for Regé-Jean Page who was playing the Duke of Hastings I think and who has completely departed and is not in a single episode of this second run because he's off trying to make a bigger star of himself and it was a big hit because it came at sort of the right time everyone was at -hmm. home and Bridgerton was this escapist fantasy and it was full of bodice ripping and the second season has come back and uh, let me tell you, you're waiting a long time for Eddie bodice action right? yes. <laughs> <laughs> to come about. Like I and and my main problem with it is this second season focuses, and I understand this is also how it works in the books. Right, each book focuses on a separate. Bridgerton sibling they're all named alphabetically by age so this time we're dealing with the is he a Viscount or the Count or whatever he is Viscount I think he's a Viscount the Viscount of Bridgerton Anthony, uh, played by Jonathan Bailey and he wants he is going to find a wife this season and that is his goal And into that come these two sisters freshly back from India. Uh, The older one, Kat, who is sort of guarding her sister. And if that's a reference to like Taming of the Shrew, uh, you know, it definitely is because she's this difficult, prickly kind of person. And if you cannot see where this is going... Mm, I I can already. (laughs) Uh, If you cannot see where this is going, you must not have watched a single episode of television in your life (laughs) because we all know 100% where this storyline is going from the very get-go. And when I... Like, it takes a very long time to get there. And it invests an awful lot of time into the pair of them getting there at the expense of all of the other characters in the show. There was, there's this point, so they, they brought back this character from the first season who was a sort of white knuckle boxer and, um or, well, a, a, whatever the term is, like yeah. fighting a boxer. Yeah. And he opens a gentleman's club in, in in Regency London in maybe episode one or two. And when we went back to him in episode eight, the finale, I was like, oh yeah, this guy. I completely and utterly had forgotten and his business is down on heel and I'm like, oh yeah. Instead we had six episodes worth of Kat and Anthony staring at each other wistfully. Are they? Will they? Won't they? We know they are going to. Can we just get to it? Now I think, look, it is escapist fantasy, right? But like, (laughs) <laughs> For me, it just could move it all at a long, uh, move it all at a faster pace. This is again, like, and I want to say that things are soap operas, but this is its own kind of soap opera. But it needs to learn a thing or two from the likes of EastEnders, or I would actually say, especially the Australian soap operas. They get in and they get out, right? They move stories along at breakneck. Pace so that there's always something going on. There's all, mm. and, and you're always entertained and you keep coming back for more. With Bridgerton, for me, the most interesting threads are the stories with the Featheringtons. They're the kind of rival family, the sort of uh, the all female, you know, conniving family. That's funny. That's interesting. And they're and they are these posh, you know, upper crust types who have no money, so they have to connive to figure out how to survive. I'm not that interested in watching Anthony Bridgerton stare at, you know, Cash Sharma for six episodes to determine when are they going to get it on? Because I already know they're going to do that.
0: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You know? Whoops. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) We'll uh, we'll get out quickly and pretend that didn't happen. James Dempsey, uh, thanks a million. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to take a break. After that, putting music in the census. Moncrief on News Talk with Avant Money. Money when you need it with Avant Money credit cards. Avantcard DAC Trading as Avant Money is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.